0: This is The Blueprint, brought to you by Executive Platforms. Well, hello, everyone. You're listening to another episode of Executive Platforms Blueprint Podcast. My name is Jeff Mix. I'm Head of Content and Research, and my guest today is Gary Hutchinson. He's the President of Modality Solutions, which is an organization that uh, helps biopharmaceutical manufacturers engineer and and think about their supply chain and and make sure that what they build actually gets the patients who need it. Gary, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Jeff, it's a pleasure. I'm really excited about uh, talking about what we do and how we can help our clients.
0: What does Modality Solutions do?
1: Well, Modality Solutions is a biopharmaceutical cold chain engineering firm. And what that means is we help our clients really from the start of phase three uh, clinical trials to help them validate their cold chain and get ready for the filing. The therapies that are being developed today, monoclonal antibodies, ADCs, cell and gene therapy are so complex and their supply chains are uh, so specific to the drug product or the therapy that we help them prepare the data packages to get turned into the regulatory agencies around the world uh, to hopefully have a successful filing and begin to uh, uh, help patients out in the very new future.
0: Obviously, the the big news story of uh, 2020 has been the global pandemic, and and recently there's a lot of conversations uh, around the vaccine and the, the distribution of the vaccine. Can Modality provide insight into COVID vaccine distribution from a validation standpoint?
1: Yeah, the COVID vaccine uh, and the the therapies have been a real challenge uh, this year for the entire industry. Uh, Our role has been primarily supporting the companies working on these vaccines and therapies and providing them um, an opportunity to test their uh, vaccine uh, in a simulated transportation environment to mirror what they're expecting commercial distribution to take a look at. Um, so our role has been supporting them by uh, coming up with uh, the transport simulation profiles that are going to have to run, executing those for them, and then um, returning um, the drug or the therapy uh, or the vaccine uh, back to uh, the, uh, our, our client who does physical and chemical stability testing on it. As, as you know, this race for the vaccine has been a challenge for, I think everybody in the industry has been working on it in, in some small way, um, and the timelines have been so compressed. Um, I think it really had an opportunity to show our transport simulation technology in its best light, because uh, without that ability to test multiple what-if scenarios at different temperatures uh, very rapidly uh, and uh under uh, controlled conditions, gave you know, great data back to uh, the researchers and the scientists to just understand what those potential challenges are uh, and how their uh, vaccine was going to react in a very complex uh, distribution uh, model that that we're really being forecasted for the vaccine.
0: I, I think I think you're exactly right when you're talking about you know complexity and there's a lot of moving pieces. When do you recommend transport simulation testing should take place? Now, should it be during the development phase or before commercialization?
1: Um, We typically recommend transport simulation testing to be done with your commercial formulas formulation. That formulation is going to be typically really early in phase three. In some of the accelerated programs, it may come even earlier than that. Uh, but we we recommend doing it early there's there's always a possibility that the transport simulation uh, finds out something that the therapy maybe uh, could be potentially impacted during transportation so the earlier you get started on it um, the transport simulation the data developed for it will give you some uh, idea if there's uh, potentially a risk for a, a hazard in transportation luckily the the formulations are by The commercial formulation are typically very robust. So the transport simulation is really testing at the edges of the operating space, and you're not going to typically see uh, any type of failure. But getting that data early in case you have to react to it is is always uh, a great idea. Just to go back and talk a little bit about the uh, COVID vaccines and some of the strategies that we're being uh, taken a look at. Uh, we ran multiple scenarios for a couple of the uh, COVID-19 vaccines to help uh, our our clients determine just what were the acceptable temperature ranges. Um, and without that data you and without the ability of transport simulation to really test along those edges of the operating space, you can really not do those what-if scenarios in any meaningful way with uh, real-world shipment testing. So we could come up with a couple different scenarios to really test the edge of the worst case to help uh, uh, our clients uh, really start to dial in what the uh, acceptable uh, temperature range is and was there any impact through shock or vibration activity uh, on the overall drug product quality. So uh, we gave that to them and then they uh, were able to make a recommendation based on the data we helped them uh, pull together.
0: And you know it's so interesting to hear that you're the collector of that data point, because when I talk about this vaccine or the vaccine options with people, one of the things they always mention up is temperature range, and you know do you have to buy special freezers? Like lay people are becoming uh, educated on this, and, and you're right at the coal face providing that data, creating that data. So very interesting. Um, when you're developing these simulation testing strategies, you know, does the approach differ? You know, biologics versus small molecule drug products? Do you sort of uh, borrow ideas from different uh, drug portfolios? H- how do you develop your strategies?
1: The strategy for a small molecule and a biologic are significantly different when you're looking at both the, the, the validation master plan and the associate transport simulation technology. We always recommend uh, with our clients to go through a formal risk assessment for their specific uh, therapy in their uh, specific commercial uh, lanes, whether that's known or an expected commercial lane. But a formal risk assessment really helps you identify both the validation strategy and the potential hazards that are out there and that you're going to test against. And the reality of it is, small molecules, even in a solution, are much more robust than biologics and the more complicated the therapy is, uh, the more testing that's going to have to be done. So our role as an engineering firm is really a Goldilocks scenario. We work with our clients to understand uh, what the hazards are, what testing that needs to be done. We don't have a one size fits all approach, nor are we gonna ask them or make any kind of recommendation uh, to do testing that's not needed. Uh, we're, we're all about uh, fitting the strategy and uh, the, the transport simulation testing to the specific risks associated with uh, that therapy and the uh, expected lane they're going to ship in.
0: So when testing is in the, the late phase, uh, if the product is not robust to transportation hazards that you're oh. identifying, you know, how can that be remedied?
1: Well, if you're in the late stage of a molecule, um, and there is a potential issue with uh, drug product quality uh, coming out of the physical or chemical stability test. It is a pretty significant challenge to change the uh, the formulation. So, you know, as we recommend, early testing is better than late stage testing. Sometimes you really don't have that opportunity. Uh, but if you do, if you do late stage testing and Uh, The formulation um, could not be significantly changed at that time. Another option is is always to uh, look at the packaging. There's a lot of things you can do with modern materials on the packaging side, both on thermal control and from cushioning. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Our recommendation is, is to find out that testing. Do the testing early enough that you can find out if there's a potential issue. Uh, in the formulation uh, but if that comes uh, too late to make any meaningful changes uh, then you're in a little bit of a crash course of trying to solve it with uh, with packaging materials which is possible it just it's it's uh, it's not ideal uh, but it's something you know, we've been able to help clients with before in the past and that's really working on much tighter thermal controls and then potentially taking a look at some of the uh, uh, the cushioning properties of the uh, material itself to avoid some of the the shock and vibration hazards that might be out there.
0: It's interesting you mentioned shock and vibration. I know a lot of what we've been talking about so far has been refrigeration because that's, that's the COVID vaccine's uh, uh, test point that people have been talking about, but You know, do you recommend to do concurrent stresses for products that may not need refrigeration? Like there's a lot more than just is the thing cold enough in transport? Uh, Could you talk a little bit about that?
1: Uh, Yes, we absolutely recommend concurrent testing. And I think that's one of the, um, I think one of the impetus or the drivers where the industry has really been looking at um, simulation, uh, transportation testing over real world shipments is that ability to control um and understand what the operating states would be and test on those etches but able to do those concurrently i think there was an understanding in in earlier early in development of uh, some of these advanced therapies that temperature always was going to be a concern but it's not until the larger more complex uh, molecules that came along that the effects of shock and vibration were seen uh, as Significant of a hazard, almost as much as temperature, but more importantly, the combination of elevated temperatures, significant vibration uh, during transportation, along with uh, a shock event, uh, is is really been kind of theorized as one of the potential uh, challenges with these uh, with these therapies, uh, where you could end up getting damage in transit, and it's really not until you can understand and test against all three of these factors, temperature, shock, and vibration, all being done currently, you're really gonna be able to understand uh, what the challenges are to the molecule, and if formulation changes are required, if packaging is changed, or if you've developed a robust formulation that even at the edges of all three of these hazards, uh, you're not going to have an impact in transportation. So, you know, for for us, when when we take a look at it and we started to pull some of the uh, data together we we shared um, uh, at the the forum, uh, the ability for transport simulation to do all those hazards concurrently at the edge of the operating space space is really the, the differentiator. Real world testing can't guarantee that. You'd literally have to do hundreds of real world shipping tests to find the one that could give you that edge. And the time, the expense, the equipment to uh, measure all those tests to understand which of those multiple real world shipping tests is the one that really got it right, is really time consuming and expensive. And you can do it much more quicker, faster, cheaper with transport simulation technologies. and that's what our customers are uh, really, really enjoying.
0: Is the simulation that you're talking about, transportation simulation, is this the only way to go? Or are there other strategies out there? Can you talk a little bit about some of the other options that pharmaceutical companies uh, need to be looking at?
1: Yeah, there are other options out there. Uh, I think the industry has really evolved to a more sophisticated simulation technology because there's challenges with other test methodologies that are out there. Uh, ASTM D4169 and ISTA-3A are all great tests. Uh, They were primarily designed for uh, packaging testing and really not for drug product or or therapy testing. So I think there is some residual uh, leftover of of transferring uh, those test methodologies from the packaging world into the uh, product testing world. We recommend against it. Uh, there's two big challenges with the ASTM testing from, from our point of view. Uh, first, uh, the testing really isn't done concurrently. Uh, so they do have testing methodologies to cover uh, at least two of the five major hazards that are out there. But the test uh, performance really is you execute it with um, uh in series so you're not testing those concurrently and i think the other issue too is the ASTM testing especially or on uh, vibration testing is accelerated testing where you're using uh, accelerated vibration with a much higher intensity to uh, try to uh, simulate or to test a an eight-hour trip potentially in a 30-minute in a simulation uh, so the, the challenge with that is it's not, uh, it's not the full length of the trip and the, uh, the intensities are accelerated. And that's, uh, that's not a true test for the drug product formulation. It's a great test for, for packaging, but it doesn't really work uh, for, uh, for drug product testing. I think some of the other challenges that are out there, and I mentioned it, earlier is uh, many companies do real-world testing. So they'll ship it along a a representative transportation lane and get some data from there. But if you start taking a look at the data of of what the actual hazards are in a real-world shipment testing, you've got less than a 20% chance, uh, even if you do multiple tests, uh, to actually see all these hazards at the edge of their operating space or in a worst case in in, in a shipment. Um, So you're you're really taking a look at the real-world testing has you only about a 20% chance of being effective uh, where simulation guarantees you testing 100% of the time at the edge of the operating space. But it's important to realize that that's a single shipment, but over the life of uh, any therapy, uh, you're going to see these edges of the operating space and potentially uh, risk a, uh, a failure. Um, or loss of efficacy of the drug product, it's just a real-world test uh, is not going to catch that uh, uh, as part of the data set for the filing. But you are putting potentially at risk that you're going to see that uh, worst-case scenario in the, the hundreds of thousands of shipments that are going to come after it once the uh, once the drug has been commercialized. So I think there are a lot of benefits for using simulation technology. Uh, our transport simulation lab is uh, really the, the one that we know of is available commercially on a contract basis, but a lot of the major uh, biopharmaceutical companies have in-house transport simulation labs with similar capabilities. Uh, they just they see uh, the benefits of that and they've just developed that technology in-house. Uh, we're just here to help. Um, you know, help our clients who don't have access to that technology or, or the resources to go out and build a, a, a transport simulation lab to have access for it for, uh, you know, specific tests for specific drugs. So um, <clears throat> it's really made a difference um, with our clients to be able to have access to that uh, on a for hire basis and started getting the same data sets that some of their larger uh, peer companies are, are able to get and have been, have been using for years now.
0: You know, we've covered a lot of ground in the last uh, you know, few questions here. Is there some key takeaways or some things that, you know, uh, the, the biopharmaceutical who are listening to this, they need to think about further. You know, they're, they're thinking about simulation or they're thinking about transporting uh, their vaccines, their, their, their uh, medicines. And this is opening new doors to them, but you know there, there's a few things to look at. What are some of the key takeaways you want them to think about further?
1: Uh, I think the key takeaway uh, I'd like to uh, leave with the with the audience is there are uh, specific. Uh, specific issues that you need to address, especially in your uh, your more complex therapies. And that's really understanding what the impact of temperature and the other hazards could have on that drug product and how a good risk assessment coupled with a validation master plan makes it very easy to understand the agencies, what the approach was, what the, the data was. Um, and I think what's critically important, if you take a look at just um, latest statistics that I think over 60% of uh, new drugs approved were approved under one of the uh, track approval processes for the FDA. Uh, so that really compresses the kind of line. So it, I think it's always important to have somebody who has that experience and has had an opportunity to uh, to file multiple drugs. Monali Solutions have been involved in over uh, 200 successful interactions with uh, agencies around the globe just in the last three years, and over 100 of them have been using uh, simulation technology. So uh, i just like to leave with the idea that you, you should take a look at um, getting somebody with the expertise to help you and access to the technology that's going to give you the best chance to uh, put a data set together in a timely manner, especially if you're in a a fast track program. And we're always here uh, to help. And uh, we'd love to start a conversation with you and just see um, if we can help on your next challenge.
0: And I'm so glad you sort of landed on that point, because my next question is, If someone does really want to get their arms around this, wants to learn more, wants to pick your brain, what's the best way to get in touch?
1: Well, I think the best way to get in touch with us, you can always reach out to me. Uh, Personally, I'm on LinkedIn. Our website is www.modality-solutions.com. We've got a significant number of uh, white papers and blogs and case studies out there that you can take a look at, and uh, you can always then reach out um, and and set up time to start a conversation. We're always here to help. We're um, you know we're uh, love to talk to people about their potential challenges, and you'll uh, we'll give you a chance to understand how we can help and. Uh, um, you know, what our role could potentially be uh, in your filing process.
0: You know, that that's absolutely wonderful. And I have been to Modality Solutions website. There's a lot of great content there. Uh, uh, Gary, and uh, if any of you were following the podcast last year, uh, Dan Littlefield, these guys are real experts and uh, you know, I enjoy talking with them and I'm just doing it at a very top level. I mean, if I was actually talking to them about my work, I think this would be a, a great pair of guys to work with. And I'm sure the entire Modality Solutions team is the same. Um, Gary, thank you so much for your time again today.
1: Jeff, it's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed our conversation and looking forward to uh, talking to you in the future and uh, helping out any potential clients along the way.
0: You've been listening to another episode of Executive Platform's Blueprint Podcast Series. I've been Jeff Nix, and I hope we get to do it together soon.